have a passion, hobby or expertise and want to share it with the world, why not do a podcast? The PodStation offers a wide range of packages to make this a reality, ranging from training and support for those who have no idea where to begin to podcasters who just need somewhere to host their show. With prices starting at a mere £15 per month, you can now get involved in one of the fastest growing entertainment forms in the world without all the headaches. To find out more, visit thepodstation.co.uk forward slash station dash packages. And remember, those with passion, podcast. You're listening to the Business Spotlight exclusively on the Podstation. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Business Spotlight. Uh, for the benefit of those who might not have listened to one of these shows before, uh, the Pod Station wanted to do its bit to help businesses get up and trucking again by giving them some great exposure uh, by way of a podcast. We also wanted to try and offer something to you guys, the listeners, in return for listening to them uh, talk and so each episode we focus on a different sector and that expert within that sector will provide some pointers some tips and some advice that will hopefully be of use to you coming out of the other end of this corona pandemic and might just be generally useful to you um, as a whole as a business because when you're a business owner it can often be a lonely place and having some help and some assistance along the way doesn't do you any harm. So if you are a business uh, and you would like to be on the show to give your help and assistance to people, you can send an email to spotlight at thepodstation.co.uk and we'll send you out an information pack so you can find out more about what it entails. If you would like to suggest a topic or an expert, uh, then get in touch with us using that email address. And if you want to listen to some of the other shows that we've uh, covered so far, then you can go back. Uh, if you visit thepodstation.co.uk, you'll find the Business Spotlight page where you'll find all the previous shows. You'll also find links to all the major podcast platforms where you can subscribe, listen to all the previous shows, and when new shows drop, they'll automatically download onto your device. So we've done... IT support, we've covered uh, accountancy, we've looked at the property market, we've looked at uh, data protection. Uh, And so this week we have another expert, this time in the legal field. Now I know you're all rolling your eyes and glazing over, honestly it won't be that painful. Um, This guy's fantastic at what he does Uh, and uh, I suppose without further ado I should really introduce him to explain what it is that we're going to be covering today so uh, a very warm welcome to rob boone from johnson and boone solicitors how are you doing rob hi mark yeah i'm well yourself i'm not too bad at all now we should prefix this with the fact that you actually have a podcast of your own which does something very similar to this already yeah we do we have a weekly podcast in which we we talk about subjects that are relevant to all different types of, of legal matters that might arise uh, and very similar t- to this the idea is obviously to give as much information to prospective clients as possible um, and also just sort of generally educate people if, as and when things may arise. So if you do want to check out that show, and it's well worth checking it out because there's loads of useful tips, 
Johnson & Boon do a whole wide range of services and they took cover much the same as we do here um, on a whole host of those areas. It's johnsonandboon.co.uk. Is that right, Rob? It is, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and I think you have a mobile app? Yeah, we do. You can download our app, um, access all of the stuff that's on our website via our app. All our podcasts are on there. And you can also book appointments with any of our solicitors from there as well. So what are we going to be helping our listeners with today? Uh, so today I thought we'd go over some of the services that we offer to businesses, the sort of things they need to be thinking about, uh, and give some tips in terms of risk management, um, debt collection, that sort of stuff. And where does that fit into the current climate? Because just to date stamp this, we are just coming out the other end of a lockdown following the COVID-19 pandemic uh, businesses are allowed to open not all we've still got many of the inter- entertainment sector still to come but largely we've been encouraged to get back into the swing of things and some businesses i suspect will be facing some significant challenges at the moment yeah there's going to be businesses with lots of different types of challenges this is a time as the business reopens to uh, perform a stock take and see exactly where the business is on a variety of issues what things should have been in place that might have helped you previously if they weren't, um, and, and just to see how you can move forward, really. Um, one of those things will involve looking at everything, such as your contracts. Um, other businesses will be looking at how they can free up some money. So your debt process is really important, uh, but it's just a general overhaul uh, in terms of how we can help businesses or how they can help themselves with the advice moving forward. Okay, so uh, where are we gonna start with our, our pointers and our tips with businesses? One of the things that we always tell businesses that they should start with, albeit it's it's normally the last thing that businesses do, is their documentation because it underpins their business. So we're talking about anything from their terms and conditions through to the the structure type documents like shareholders agreements and partnership agreements. Um, If they haven't got them in place, then now's the time to think about it. If they have got them in place, then they need to consider whether they need to, to be revised in the new climate. And I guess, as you said, people quite often leave these things. They don't seem a priority. Certainly when you're setting up a business and you're all excited about your new letterhead, nobody goes, hmm, should we maybe get terms of business in place? But at times when there is so much uncertainty, uh, they, uh, they use the phrase unprecedented for a reason, many people will find themselves at conflict or with different interests to other people they're having to deal with and I guess terms of business remove some of that uncertainty yeah in terms of business are a, a really classic example of a document that is often either completely missed or a business will use a, a template that they found somewhere that looks about right um, but it is the contractual relationship between you and all of your customers So if it isn't absolutely spot on in terms of how you intend to operate and if it doesn't cover all the things that matter to you as a business and work how you work, then it's of of no use at all. The first time you'll know that is when it goes wrong, at which point it's probably costing you money. And I guess it's too late when you get to that stage. It'll probably cost you more in solicitor's fees than if you'd got it sorted in the first place. 
Yeah, if, if matters become litigated uh, or if you get into a dispute of, of any type, it, it's almost certainly more expensive to fix a problem than to hopefully avoid it in the first place. I guess what what are the reasons why, and we'll stick with terms of business. Uh, you mentioned um, things like employment contracts and the like, but let's stick with the, the, the terms of business and those sorts of things for now. What sort of things go in there that give people the clarity that they need to avoid situations like the ones they might be facing? Yeah, it's a good question. So, I mean, in terms of lots and lots of terms of business are are very, very similar and they have what you'd call maybe boilerplate clauses. So there's things that are covered in every single one, such as um, what is the product that's being provided on what terms will it be provided how does payment work how does cancellation work those sorts of things but really the devil's in the detail in terms of what works for one company might not work for another uh, and that's why it's dangerous if people are simply downloading a terms of a terms of business off a website that maybe gives a free one or just using somebody else's is that the certainty that they're looking for is somebody else's certainty and, it, and they may not be interpreting it correctly. Um, a, a, a bespoke set should really set out how you intend the relationship between you and your clients to work from start to finish. And it should envisage things like, what if the client wants to cancel? What if there's a complaint of some sort? What if you're unable to provide the service? And it should also l- limit your liabilities so what liabilities are you specifically excluding, for example? Because there are things that can and can't be excluded. Uh, employment contracts are much the same. I mean, it provides a similar kind of security as in setting out the nature of the relationship. But there's a bit more to an employment contract, isn't there? Uh, particularly at this time where you need, to, well, not only you as a business, but I guess the employees certainly would want that peace of mind to understand where they're at. If there isn't a contract, what what happens? What kicks in? What decides what the nature of the relationship is? The difficulty when there isn't a, a formal contract in place is there will always be terms. So there will always be main terms upon which they're employed. But if that isn't expanded into a wider contract, then you have to look back at what the behaviorisms have been of the parties and, and what has become the contract by way of how they've operated. So um, it, it can cause lots and lots of problems, but um, it, it's relatively cheap to put that in place and it should be done right at the very start. Um, there'll be a lot of staff, for example, in the in the recent uh, pandemic who've been furloughed and there might have been a clause specifically within the employment contract that allowed them to be furloughed. If that wasn't in place, then there was a requirement for them to consult and get agreements. So it, it, it's just a, a current example of, of one of the things that might be covered. Um, it doesn't have to be covered and it can be missed out and it, you know, it, it, it doesn't cause any problems later on if it isn't. But these are all things that in this new climate of we don't know what's next, um, it, it, it should be considered whether your business has sufficient protection. Um, just moving back over onto the, the terms of business, lots of contracts will want will need the severance clauses um, amending and, and also what's called a force majeure clause amending. And, and that's a clause that gives rise when, through no fault of their own, one of the parties are unable to fulfil their contractual obligations. Um, 
most of them now in light of what happened as has happened will need to be updated and widened and strengthened just to cover the new climate that we're in uh, certainly for any new contracts that are being entered into uh, you mentioned earlier that there are means for people to be able to find templates of these documents online um to what extent should people be avoiding these as a as a lawyer who aims to be able to get work of this nature it probably sounds very opportunistic i guess for want of a better phrase that you would say you shouldn't do it on there but are there ways in which people can get these documents without it costing the earth yeah so i mean there's a difference between you know a, a template that you pick up from anywhere and, and a template that is designed to give you a very basic document if that's all you need there will be businesses that don't want to spend money on bespoke documents they're quite happy with using basic templates what's important is that the template that they're using is actually a good template in the first place we do have a, a legal guard membership and all of our members have access to uh, a huge range of, of templates that are designed for use by businesses um, within there a good example is an employment contract you can just use a template employment contract it might not um, sort of come with all the benefits of you being advised as to what should or shouldn't go in there but it's a great alternative certainly to having nothing at all um, what i'd guard against is is people just performing a google search and pulling a document from anywhere because they've got no idea who's drafted that document in the first place and you could just be copying a load of mistakes okay um moving on then you've got you you've got or indeed you haven't got these documents in place you mentioned earlier sort of a risk management aspect to all of this uh, where, where does that fit into this um does does that entail you helping the businesses understand their current position and, and advising them on, on where they're at? Yeah, there's two sides that businesses really need to be aware of. There's what are the contractual relationships that they are putting in place with their customers, but then also what are the contractual relationships that other parties are entering into with them that maybe they have less control over. So a classic example would maybe be the lease on the, the building that they have. Um, you certainly shouldn't be signing a commercial lease without getting advice as to what the content says, because leases are often really heavily one-sided in favour of the landlord. Um, but also, you might not understand all of the obligations in there. So, um, an, an example is there may be a decorating clause that requires you to decorate the, business, the building every three years. Well, if you don't spot that and you don't realise that, you can't factor in the cost of having to do that over time. And then when you don't do it, and the building becomes a bit scruffy the next thing you get a schedule of dilapidations requiring you to not only do that but to do all sorts of work um, and that then becomes really costly so when we talk about risk management we are talking about the business understanding their risks and, and basically taking stock of, of where they are um, they can do that at any stage I'd, ideally it would be triggered by maybe a new lease or something like that that, that gives them a starting point um, but we do offer a service where we can perform a business health check with, with people and, and it just gives them a shopping list of things for them to consider um, and, and put right.
It's well worth actually listening to one of your recent shows because you did actually cover some of this. It was it was reopening commercial premises, which which I think came out a week or two ago, um, and and that it's quite a, a relevant point you raise there. I know quite a few people who have have rung me up saying I've got this problem with bloody landlord. I didn't really, he's saying I have to pay this and 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 sort this out myself. Surely they must. And obviously, your natural answer is. You, you need to read the lease. What what does the lease say? That probably will answer the question for you. Um, the reason why I mention that is specifically with the reopening of commercial premises, there's actually going to be lots of things that perhaps need to be done to the building, which you probably would have never perceived in the first place, the the, the safety measures for social distancing, etc. Yeah, there's going to be loads of things. I, I mean, in, in fairness to business owners, you know, you you're generally good at whatever your business does. Um, you're not legally trained. And at least depending upon how it's been prepared, it can be anything up to, you know, a hundred page masterpiece of, of all sorts of things. So what businesses tend to fall into the trap of doing is a lease is one of the things that's signed right at the start. So you're still excited and you know about getting the business going. You're not really concerned about the detail. You see it more as a it says what it says type of argument, which is fine if it goes okay, but it can leave you open to huge liabilities. Um, when it comes to the renewal of the lease, certainly if you haven't done it first time round, then it, 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 it's something that, that should be looked at. But all's not lost. You know, if, if you've entered into a lease and you didn't get advice at that stage, it may still be worth you getting advice as to what the lease actually says just so you can make sure that as you're going along, you are complying with your obligations. Um, because if you don't, obviously, again, it, it can lead to quite serious liabilities. And when you say obligations, I guess that also extends to the types of businesses which might be subject to greater regulation, whether it be, say, nursing homes or um, school, children's nurseries. Um, yeah. financial advisors and the like because those regulatory bodies and those those regulated sectors do tend to have extra compliance issues that they need to take into account which which may have been impacted by their exposure as a result of this this pandemic yeah you're right i mean a lot of people think of those types of businesses when you you talk about you know assistance with compliance but it can, you know, it, it can spill over into other things. For example, if you look at the lettings industry, they often will, will take on a load of compliance issues on behalf of their landlord clients. So it might be that they're doing things like looking after the, the gas safety regulations, looking after the protection of deposits, EPCs, all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's whether they've got a proper process in place for doing that. Or, or whether they're just winging it. And, and that's one of the industries really that has suffered a little bit as a result of the, the pandemic. Um, they will all be back open now and they'll be working as, as they can, but it's a great time to stock take your processes and, and to see whether there's anything you can do further to limit your liability in what's already quite a turbulent climate. And what kind of health checks are you able to carry out or what, what's included within a health check that you might carry out so people might be aware of what what they would want to look at themselves to see whether or not there's actually any issues in the first place. Yeah, so what we do is the health checks are, are kept relatively simple. 
um, and, and we do it over the phone. So we have a questionnaire that we go through with the business. Um, we talk about what things they have in place from a documentation point of view, how they operate, what staff they've got, how long staff have been there, um, how they're structured, any disputes that they've had, um, any common problems that they have, all, all those sorts of things. Um, and then we give them an advice letter in terms of the things that they may want to put in place. And they can either go and do that themselves, they can instruct someone else if they want to, um, or, or we can give them a quote for all or any elements of the work that's needed. Sometimes it's a case of, and, and we will categorize them as, um, you know, how serious they are in terms of needing to, to be put in place. But sometimes we'll, we'll have situations where during the course of the discussion, we'll find that if they don't alter something reasonably quickly, the, the chances of getting involved in a dispute are, are imminent. Um, other businesses, it will just be a tidy up exercise. So it might be a case of where did you get your terms and conditions from? How long have you had them? Oh, I, I downloaded them off the internet five years ago. Well, you probably want to get them reviewed. So sometimes it's soft touch and other times it's you really do need to, you really do need to do something and put something different in place here. Um, but again, there's no sort of hard sell. It's a case of at that stage, they can take the information and advice that they've been given. It's more bespoke to them than obviously we can go through today. Um, and then they can make decisions from there as to what they want to do. When people think of solicitors, there is that automatic as assumption, certainly that there's that default thought that it's going to involve something that's a conflict. Um, the solicitors have a negative connotation by virtue of the fact that you only often have to come to them or need them when something goes wrong. Um, and perhaps that makes people a little bit more hesitant. The reason why I mention that is because the, in this instance, there probably are going to be situations where conflicts do start to arise because of the impacts of the pandemic. And whilst I guess nobody sets out to want to have to find themselves in a conflict, many people might bend over backwards to try and avoid it. Ultimately, at some point, the two sides might find themselves in a situation where they just can't find a middle ground and you do find yourself in. And when I'm talking about that, I'm, I'm specifically thinking of cash flow issues. Uh, obviously, the government have gone to great lengths to try and financially prop up the economy uh, to, to avoid that cash flow issue to try and keep people feeling comfortable in being able to pay their bills and and to generate that cash flow process through the system but inevitably some people might have hit hard times and are not able to play at uh, pay some people might not necessarily be inclined and want to just hold on to them hold on to the money to give themselves a little bit of extra security it, it you don't know do you but how would you go about trying to manage that as a business so you can try and avoid ultimately getting yourself into that kind of a fight? Because nobody needs that right now. No, of course not. I think you're right. You know, generally speaking, I think there's a perception that you go to a solicitor once you've got a problem. Um, I think one of, one of the things I'm trying to stress is that if you get us involved at an earlier stage, it might be you never get the problem. So... Um, if you think about your business early and you think about the protections that you can put in place and you take steps to um, at least 
avoid disputes. You know, you can never say that you won't ever get into to a dispute. That isn't something that anyone can ever guarantee. Um, but if you take steps to limit, that's, first of all, a much nicer process to have to go through with the client, but also it's much cheaper for them. Um, and then because we've been involved in the early stages, so for example, we've drafted the contracts or we've done something along that, along those lines, if anything crops up over time that they're unsure about or if any disputes are rumbling, they've automatically got someone they can go back to who already understands the business because we drafted the contracts and it should be a familiar face who can then help you at a time when it is more significant and it is possibly going to cost you more if it's not dealt with properly. Um, but the whole purpose of all of the steps that we suggest for businesses are, are to help them save money in the long term by putting a protection in place in the in the short term. In terms of, um, I think you said, you know, at this moment in time, there's going to be people who've suffered from the, the financial effects. And that might be a case that um, either their invoices haven't been paid or they haven't been able to trade for a while. What's important for a business now moving forward is that they have a proper process in place for how they intend to be paid from their clients. And if they're not paid, what process they're then going to follow. Because if there's no process in place, it tends to wander a little bit at that stage and it goes back in the drawer and maybe it gets passed on to someone else who sits on it for a while. And eventually, you know, after not very long at all, you're six, 12 weeks down the line and you still haven't been paid. Well, that's detrimental for your cash flow, but also you're still at day one in terms of what are you actually going to do. So we encourage people to have um, a proper debt process in place that they intend to follow, which is reasonably straightforward for them to follow and is also reflected in their terms and conditions so that their customers know if they don't pay, this is the process that's going to be followed. Um, and then when they see the process being followed, they already know what's coming. I suppose it dehumanizes it as well when you have a process. It can become a bit of a personal thing, can't it? That The person who's owed the money might feel a bit funny asking for it because they know this person, they built a relationship with them. Uh, the person on the other hand who owes the money might feel attacked and vilified by the person if they receive it, whereas if there is that process, you're effectively creating an automated structure, a staged um, course of action that happens, which, I mean, you can almost say, well, look, it's it's not me, it's not even me, I, I, I outsource it to somebody and they action this process. It's 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 not personal. The best thing I can do is say, speak to me and let's let's get an agreement in place. Yeah, and, and when it comes, if 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 they want to step away from the process entirely, then they can outsource it. And and there is a product there that we can offer whereby if if invoices aren't being paid, then for really nominal fees, we can we can send out standard letters for people. But they can also put that in place themselves, so that unless something um, actually comes up that they need advice on, or perhaps they reach the point where the court process needs to be started, and they may uh, switch over to using us at that stage, they can get on with the process themselves. And sometimes a nudge from them, as you say, in an automated, non-personal way, um, is all it needs to actually get the invoice paid. 
Uh, now I, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna mention this for, for the benefit of the listeners. I've asked Rob to talk about this um, because it's such a unique product that they actually offer. It very much is something that's of benefit to the kind of people who are listening to this show because they will be on the whole smaller businesses, possibly even one man bands who who need support like that which you've mentioned but don't have oodles of cash to be spending on on loads of legal support and to get a lot of the stuff that you've necessarily mentioned but you, you've created this wonderful product called legal guard which actually makes it really affordable and I, I as i say i've asked you to talk about it specifically because i do think it's something that could be massively of use to businesses at this moment yeah, um, so the legal card product that we have was really born out of um, a survey that our regulator did um, a couple of years back. And they were trying to ascertain why it was that so few businesses that end up involved in legal disputes actually instructs listers, because um, I think it's less than 50%, or it, it certainly wasn't the point. And what it came back with was that there is a general fear or apprehension when you instruct a solicitor that immediately the next day there's a massive bill coming or you may not even know who to go to. So there might be a number of solicitors in your area. You're not entirely sure what it is that you need and therefore the actual process of instructing someone in the first place is is scary in itself. So what we did was was we we spent a bit of time in in terms of looking at that and and we decided that we could launch a product which is is called Legal Guard. And the whole point of the product is to give people easy, regular access to um, legal advice as and when they need it um, and at an affordable rate. So there are three types of, of membership within the, the product that we offer. So with the platinum membership that is, is the level of businesses need, um, it, it comes with a range of things automatic every month. So they can have t- up to two consultations with a solicitor to get advice on any points that or, or issues that have arose in that month. They can have up to two letters to any party. So th- that could be anything from they're involved in a dispute through to they just want invoices um, following up a little bit stronger because they haven't got anywhere themselves. And then they also get up to 20% off the remainder of our services. So if they get involved in litigation or anything like that, it, it actually reduces the fees down. Um, and that's just really as a, as a um, in relation to the legals as a benefit of being a member. What they can also then do, as we mentioned earlier on, is they can access the database of documents. So there'll be lots of policy documents that in an ideal world businesses would have, but maybe they've never gone away and, and, and spent the money on, on, on putting them in place. They're all downloadable from our site. Um, and they, they're even filled in for them. So if you go on, it asks you set questions. As you type in your answers, the document drafts, so it's bespoke for you. You print it off and you can use it. So there's lots of benefits. Um, it is all on our website as well. So if they go to um, www.johnsonandburn.co.uk and they click on the Legal Guard icon, uh, there's a full grid there that sets it all out for them. Because there is actually more to it than that, isn't there? There's... Um... You you get some exclusive benefits from some of your affiliated partners. There is also a referral scheme as well. So if if you put other people in touch with this, they get a percentage back 
for the membership that those people that they referred have paid for. So you could almost receive yours for free or rather it can be paid for by virtue of who you've put them in touch with. Yeah, so when we were putting the membership together, what we wanted to do is make sure that it had the maximum value for people. So let's say you go through, you get a, you take out our membership, you might have one problem at the start that, 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 that maybe, maybe sort of triggers you to do it. We wanted there to be a benefit to people every month, whether you've used us or not. So what we built in was we teamed up with one of the providers of high street benefits um, and you can access it through the members area you can go on and you can download vouchers for savings in, in summer high street, uh, bars, restaurants, shops, supermarkets. It's all there. So you can save yourself a fair amount of money if you use it properly. Um, you can also, as you say, once you are a member, um, you can become a partner and you can refer people to us. So if you've got other businesses um, who maybe you do work with or you, you just know the individuals from them, if you recommend the membership over to them, you can actually earn back on their membership. So um, for each, for example, for each platinum member that you refer to us, which would be another business, you'd actually earn just shy of £72 yourself back per year that they're a member um, of that recommendation. Um, so again, depending upon, you don't have to do that but it's another option as well. You know, it might be you have a, a large network of, of people um, you can actually earn just by recommending our services. Brilliant. Yeah, it's well worth checking out, guys. Uh, if you do the johnsonandboon.co.uk forward slash legal guard, I think you find all the information there. It's well worth doing. So, Rob, just to, to round this up, have you got some tips then that people can take away uh, just to, to check where they're at, what they're doing, what they might need to do? Uh, and then we'll give them your contact information so that when they get the answers to those questions, if they're still feeling a little bit at, at sea, they can get in touch with somebody who can help sort that out. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, in, in terms of our, our top tips, if you want to call them, um, we'd say every business should have a bespoke set of terms and conditions. Don't use somebody else's and hope that they have done it right and certainly don't have um, none. Because if you have none, that's that's even worse. Um, look at your debt process and and think about what your process is going to be if somebody doesn't pay an invoice. Because over the coming months, it's still highly likely that most businesses will have unpaid invoices of some sort. Um, so get a process in place for that, just to lessen the delay and lessen the pain. Um, if you're entering into any agreements or contracts or anything yourself, always have them reviewed by someone just so you can make sure you know what you're getting into. In terms of your staff, make sure they've all got employment contracts. And, and also, we haven't mentioned it, but make sure you keep a proper personnel file for them, uh, which is a nice record of everything that, that happens with that employee. And then finally, if there's more than one person involved in the business, so if, if you're not a sole trader, but there's, it's either a limited company with more than one person involved or a partnership, make sure you regulate that relationship either by a shareholders agreement or a partnership agreement. And it doesn't have to be overly complicated, uh, but you do need it recorded, what everyone's roles are, how it all works, uh, and what would happen if the worst 
um, if the worst happened and, and a dispute arose between the parties. Yeah, again, I'd refer people to check out your, your podcast show for that because you did do a show recently on that. It's very much a case of everyone's best mates in business until they're not. <laughs> and the problem is it's when they're not starts that uh, you suddenly realise it had been a good idea to have had a load of this in place. That's absolutely right, Mark, yeah. Brilliant. If people do need to get in touch with you, Rob, um, how can they do it? Yeah, so there's a number of ways that they can reach out, either to me personally or to us as a firm. So um, if they want to drop me an email, um, I'm at robert.boone at johnsonandboone.co.uk. Um, we've also got info at johnsonandburn.co.uk. Uh, if it doesn't necessarily need to be myself that they're reaching out to, they can contact us via our app. Um, and I'm on there if they want to book an appointment with us, as are the rest of our solicitors. There is obviously a message tab on our website at www.johnsonandburn.co.uk. And we are on all the major um, social media platforms, so they can drop us a message on there as well. It's well worth checking out your, your mobile app as well. I mean, we've we've worked together and uh, it's you are an unusual law firm in that you have embraced the 21st century wholeheartedly as opposed to some that may still be using parchment and quills the mobile app is a is a brilliant tool you can book appointments with it can't you? you can see what services you offer you can listen to your podcast if you want to do you can access your legal guard membership if you need to i mean there's there's quite a lot to go on there it's it's free to download on apple and android app stores and it's it's well worth checking out if only to understand the benefits of having a mobile app for your own business really yeah it's a great step i mean we've recently just um released um an article in terms of the things that businesses should be looking at um, after everything that's gone on recently. And one of our top recommendations is that you consider putting a, an app in place. Um, it's not it's not something we can do for you, obviously, but it's something we did last year. Um, and it's really good because it gives everybody nice, easy access to have a look around, to book appointments, to do ev- everything really that you would historically have had to have done either by going on the website or contacting the office. And they can do it whenever they want. You know, they don't have to physically speak to someone. So if they want to do it at three o'clock in the morning, they can. Um, it, it's it's just a nice, easy tool. So yeah, have a look at it and um, also give us any feedback if, if people think there should be maybe a tool on there that isn't. I assume you delegate those three o'clock in the morning appointments to somebody else in the office. Yeah, I'm not saying you can have an appointment at three o'clock in the morning. I'm saying you can make place your booking. Yeah, it, it definitely is worth checking out. It's also worth checking out, and actually, I, I, I forgot to mention it, Rob put together a business recovery uh, guide, which is free to download from their website. If you go to their news and articles section, you'll actually see it as the business recovery guide um, article. Uh, I know this because uh, Rob, for, for reasons better known to others, asked me to stick a, a, a section in about how people can do things to help with their marketing uh, tips so um, I've I've had a an exclusive read of it and I can say it's a fantastic document you can get it for free you just need to uh, stick in some information on that page and it's uh, it's dead easy to do it it just comes out to you automatically as an email um, so yeah well worth checking out as well it's a, a great little top tip tool and I think every little helps as the uh, the more famous uh, advert sec- <laughs> goes. It certainly does. 
Brilliant, Rob. Well, thank you very much for joining us. That's been really, really useful. Hopefully everyone's uh, found it equally as useful. If you do have any questions, obviously Rob's given you all the contact information. If if you're a bit shy and you don't want to talk to Rob in case he sends you an invoice for it, which of course he's reassured you he won't, then you can, as I say, uh, contact us at spotlight at thepodstation.co.uk. You can also use that email address if you actually want to nominate yourself or your business to be on the show to talk about a topic that is particularly in your field of expertise so rob uh, once again thank you very much mate and uh, take care yeah thanks very much for having us on mark if you'd like to submit your business to be on the show simply email spotlight at thepodstation.co.uk or message us on social media at the podstation on facebook instagram linkedin and twitter